All right, Bible and Daily Lifers, here we are. We are working through the New Testament, doing one chapter a day, spending 10 minutes in it. And uh, we're trying to get through every chapter, and we're, we're doing well with a lot of them, but we're not doing every single chapter with every, every verse. But uh, we're trying the best we can, and we're getting through the New Testament. So here we go. We are in chapter 2 of Matthew. Chap- chapter 2. Chapter 22 of Matthew. So here we go. Again, Jesus spoke to them in parables. Jesus liked to speak in parables. And he said to them, The kingdom of God may be compared to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son. So parables compare, make it look like something, right? Kingdom of God is like this. It's like this. It's compared to this. A king who gives a wedding feast for his son. Well, it'd be nice to be the son of a king and have him throw a wedding might be quite quite the wedding, right? So, um, <clears throat> he sent his servants to call all of those who were invited to the wedding feast. Well, who are you going to call? If you're the king, who are you going to invite to your son's wedding? You're going to invite everybody who's somebody. You're going to invite all the important people and all the important officials and all the business leaders you're going to get them all there at your son's wedding. You're probably going to have people at your son's wedding that your son doesn't even know, never even heard of. <laughs> but there they are, you know, calling them all. And he sent his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding feast. But they wouldn't come. <clears throat> they wouldn't come. Again, he sent his servants out and he said, Tell those who are invited, listen, I have prepared My dinner, my oxen, my fat calves have been slaughtered. Everything is ready. Come to the wedding feast. But they paid no attention and they went off. One went to his farm, another to his business, while the rest seized the servants. They seized the ones who were coming with the message. They took them and they treated them shamefully and they even killed them. They're just the messengers. They're just the the delivery people. They treat them shamefully. Kill them. Well, we'll give you a hint there. What he's talking about, we'll see it in a moment, is that he's talking about the prophets of the Old Testament. He's talking to the Jewish community, and he's talking in the presence of the religious leaders. And the religious leaders have the prophets, and the prophets are telling the religious leaders that Jesus is coming. But the religious leaders reject the prophets. They reject Jesus. The king was angry. Hmm. Not who? At those that aren't coming, those who are supposed to be coming to the feast. The king was angry and he sent his troops and he destroyed those murderers and burned their city. Then he said to his servants, The wedding feast is ready, but those invited weren't worthy. Go therefore to the main roads and invite to the wedding feast as many as you can find. Go into the highways and go into the byways. And those servants went out into the roads and gathered all that they could find, both bad and good. Both bad and good. So the wedding hall was filled with guests. Well, what's going on here? He's he's really telling the story of what's going to happen. Is the religious leaders and an awful lot of the religious leaders' followers are rejecting Jesus, are rejecting Jesus. They're going to be left as outsiders. And the wedding feast itself, the wedding feast of the Lamb in the New World, when we're there with him, with this feast that he's creating, will be full of Gentile people, will be full of people bad and good. 
And if you've been in church any amount of time at all, you have heard people give testimonies who were bad people. (laughs) But God saved them. Jesus saved them and brought them into the kingdom and gave them a place at the table. But there's good people, too. I don't know why it is that we sort of gravitate towards the testimonies of the bad people. You know, what about the good people? Uh, Well, many times they they just don't have exciting stories to tell about how they were swashbuckling and criminals and... So, but the good and bad are there. The good and bad are there. Uh, Verse 11. But when the king came back to look at the guests, because everybody's there now and the wedding hall is filled with people, he saw a man there who had no wedding garment. And he said to them, friend, how did you get in here without a wedding garment? And the guy was speechless. And then the king said to the attendants, bind him hand and foot and cast him into outer darkness in the place where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. And so, you know, this guy tries to get in some other way. You know, there's only one way to get in, and that's through the blood of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. And so uh, this guy, who I suppose he's one of these uh, religious phonies, you know, trying to sneak his way in there, but uh, no, it's not going to go. So verse 15. So... The, Phar- the Pharisees knew that Jesus was talking about them, <laughs> that this thing was going to go to the common people and to the Gentiles and to the good and to the bad, and they were going to be left out. They get the parables. They, they, they understand it. They know what he's saying. Then the Pharisees went out and they plotted how they might entangle him in his words. Well, it's hard to entangle Jesus in his words. In fact, Jesus is the word. It's going to be a little bit difficult to entangle the word with words. But uh, they're trying to trip him up. And they sent their disciples to him along with the Herodians. So keep in mind the Herodians uh, are the ones that are buddied up to the Roman authorities. And so now the religious authorities are getting involved with these guys that are all in cahoots with the political authorities. What a mess. Just trying to get rid of Jesus here. And they said, teacher. Uh, That word is also rabbi is what that would mean. And they sort of you know, pump them up. Oh, teacher. As though Jesus is enamored with their um, accolades. Teacher, we know that you are true and you teach the word of God truthfully. God, these guys are like lying through their teeth. They're just trying to catch him. And that you don't care about anyone's opinion. Well, they definitely got that one right. And for you're not swayed by appearances. And they got that one right. Tell us then, what do you think? Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? But Jesus, aware of their malice, said, Why do you put me to the test, you hypocrites? Show me the coin for the tax. Let's see if I have one here. And they brought him a denarius. And Jesus said to them, Whose inscription is this? And they said, That's, um, that's Caesar's inscription. And then he said to them, well, then render unto Caesar that which is Caesar and render unto God that which is God's. I was hoping I had a dollar bill. And when they heard it, they marveled and they left him and they went away. So they said, is it legal to pay taxes to Caesar? Is it right? Is it morally right? Is it spiritually right? Uh, should, Should you do that? Is it lawful for a Jewish person to do that? You see... If Jesus would have said something different, because they didn't like paying taxes to Caesar at all, 
if Jesus would have said something different, then he'd be in trouble with Caesar. So Jesus is always giving these really wise answers. So essentially, he takes out a dollar bill. And on a dollar bill in the United States, who's there? Washington. So it's as though he said, you know, give unto Washington that which is Washington's and give unto God that which is God's. If Washington wants your money, give him your money. It's got his picture on there. Give it to him. It's his. But give to God what is God's. And so what an answer Jesus gave. And that answer stays to today. It's just just marvelous, marvelous um, answer. So um, let's let's move on here. We've got a few minutes. We're going to make some... Uh, a little bit of prog- a little bit of progress here. We can turn these pages on this Bible. What is going on? So, that same day, the Sadducees came to him. Now, the Sadducees say there's no resurrection. You see, there's the Pharisees who they believe in the supernatural. They believe in angels and demons and all those kinds of things, and they hold a very strict interpretation of the scripture. Sadducees, they say there's no resurrection. They don't believe in angels, demons, supernatural. And they don't hold um, very tight to uh, the authority of the scripture. The same day, the Sadducees came to him who say there's no resurrection. And they asked him a question. Teacher, Moses said if a man dies having no children, his brother must marry the widow and raise up offspring for her brother. Well, this was just a way of taking care of people. There were no social nets, no social security, none of those kinds of things. Uh, in the ancient world, you know, very difficult. Financial times are very, very difficult. And so what would happen is that if a lady was married to somebody and and the guy died, her brother would take her into his house. And so the marriage is not a marriage of romance, but but it's a marriage of support. And so he would bring her and her children into his house and take care of them. It's the way it worked in the ancient world. So Moses said, if a man dies having no children, his brother must marry the widow and raise up the offspring for his brother. Uh, Now there were seven brothers among us. This is a fake story. They're saying it's among them, like this happened to them. The first married and died and didn't have any offspring left of the wife or brother. So to the second, down to the third, all the way down to the seventh. All of them married and the woman uh, died. In the resurrection, therefore, of the seven, whose wife will she be? For they all had her. So these seven brothers, each one of them, married her because uh, the, the other brother died, and then the other brother died, and the other brother died, and then the next brother did it. This is a ridiculous story. But uh, they're asking, for, you know, who's, whose wife will she be in the resurrection? But they don't even believe in the resurrection. But Jesus answered them, you are wrong because you know neither the scriptures nor the power of God. Woo! You see, that's where we err because we either don't know what the Bible says or we don't know the power of God. And so God is powerful, and it's there that our lives are transformed, and he interacts in our lives daily, all the time, the power of God. And then there's the scriptures. The scriptures are true, and the scriptures cannot be broken. The scriptures are 100% accurate, 100% true. So it's both. It's spirit and truth. It's spirit and truth, the power of God and the word of God. He said, you guys don't know about either one of them. For in the resurrection, they will neither marry nor be given in marriage, but they're like the angels in heaven. And as for the resurrection of the dead, have you not read of of what it was said by God? I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. He's not the God of the dead, but the God of the living. And when the crowd heard it, they were astonished at his teaching. And we don't have time to go into the next one, but they try to trap him. What's the greatest commandment? And Jesus knows that they're trying to 
make him say that one scripture is more important than the other. And he says, here's the most important commandment, that you should love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, and all of your strength. You know, quoting out of the Old Testament there. And then he says, in the second one, it's just like that, love your neighbor as yourself. Wow, Jesus has got the answers. So we'll just continue to move through the New Testament, read the rest of the passage there. Um, we're moving right through the New Testament. So bless you guys. I love you guys. Find us wherever we are. And uh, we'll meet again.